0: Good morning, church. We are glad that you are joining us online as we spend this time and this next hour drawing closer to each other and closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A family last week told me that worshiping online felt a little awkward and differently as they were all singing, but by the time they were done, the awkwardness had removed, and it was an incredible time for them to worship together as a family in their living room, and that's the experience that we want you to have today. Forget about what mom's doing and dad's doing and everybody else around you. And this is a time for you to just focus and to worship on the Lord with us. As we make our beginning, as we were baptized, in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Sing with us.
1: you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great. You conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, You have done great things. We dance in Your freedom, awakened alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior. conquered the grave, you free every captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done great things, we dance in your freedom, awake and alive, oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things, you have done great things. mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross is broken I am forgiven king of Kings calls me his own beautiful savior I'm yours forever Jesus Christ my lady I don't... very
0: Now make our profession of faith together using the words of the apostles' creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a church, we find ourselves in the middle of a sermon series entitled, In Pursuit. And that's the question for each and every one of us this morning. What are you pursuing? Because whether you are doing it intentionally or not, each and every one of us is pursuing something or someone. And what we've learned in the Gospel of Mark is the good news is Jesus is always pursuing Us To have that intimate relationship with us that lasts now and forever. And all throughout the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is preaching and teaching and modeling what it means to live and to be in the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God continually collides with the kingdom of the world. And what we're going to see in Mark chapter 10 is that from an earth perspective, everybody encountering Jesus wants to talk about eternal life, but Jesus wants to talk about the kingdom of God, the right here and the right now. There was that time in my life after confirmation that I set out to pursue the things of the world. And so high school and college was all about friends, it was all about experiences, and a lot of the things I was doing was not lining up with the foundation that I was raised in. And so there was this tension between my head and my heart of being constantly in conflict with each other, and no matter how much I tried to pursue the things of the world, the next morning I woke up empty until after a late night in a car accident, that following Sunday, I went back to church. And as I went back to church, I also went to adult Bible class for the first time before church. And I learned more in that one hour than I learned all throughout the foundations of my Lutheran parochial school, because God had gotten my attention. And it was then that my pursuit changed and shifted, Started youth ministry as a volunteer at that church, which then, after four years, led to going to the seminary. And when I went to the seminary, I was so excited, so excited to share what Jesus had done in my life, so excited to share my story with other people. And the pursuit was now to take that gospel to the streets. And then they assign you to a church to learn how that church does evangelism. How do they share the gospel? As I went to seminary thinking that it's going to be me sharing my story and what God has done in my life, it was much different than the approach that the church that they assigned me to. The church they assigned me to had an evangelism program that was based after after Dr. James Kennedy Evangelism Explosion And so they put us through evangelism training, and then they trained us to send us out and to go door to door. And as we went door to door on a Saturday morning, we would knock on the door and we would ask the person the question after saying, hello, my name is such and such. And the people who answered the door were never ready for the question because it was the farthest thing from their mind, but it was on our mind. And what was on our mind is if you die tonight, will you spend eternity in heaven or in hell? I could see the disconnect between what we were trying to do in our approach and the person answering the door on a Saturday morning. Death was not on their brain and either was eternity. Sometimes we ask the question a little differently. Well, if you went to glory tonight and you were standing there before Jesus on the throne, why should Jesus let you in? And that was the approach. We were talking about eternal life. For them, that is not what they were thinking. As we look in the Gospel of Mark, especially in chapter 10, everybody's thinking about eternal life but not Jesus. He's thinking about the kingdom of God right here and right now. And his approach, we're going to see, is one of love and compassion, of him meeting people where they are at and trying to teach them of what it means to be in the kingdom of God. And that's what we're going to see today as we turn to Mark chapter 10. As we look in Mark chapter 10, we see there that Jesus is welcoming the kids to him, But the disciples are rebuking the kids. And Jesus then says, the kingdom of God is for such as these little ones. And we see that in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, where it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So after Jesus is just talking about the kingdom of God that exists for all people, especially the little children, and let the children come, this man, this rich young ruler, comes up and asks Jesus a question as Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. Have you ever been there? When you're in a conversation and you're talking about something, but the other person's really not listening, they're already reloading and thinking about what they're going to say, And so they bring up something in your conversation that is totally different than what you are talking about. It happens to Jesus all the time. And as Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, being to all people, this rich young ruler, what's on his head and his heart is what must I do to inherit eternal life. Jesus says, you called me good teacher, but that only God is good. He said, what do the commandments say? Do not murder do not commit adultery do not do this do not do that it is then the young rich ruler says I have kept all of these commands Jesus looks at him in verse 21 and you see the heart of Jesus Jesus looked at him and loved him Jesus always looks deeper And the Greek word for look means that. It means to turn your eyes upon Jesus. And so when Jesus looks at this man, he looks way deeper than the outward appearance into the inside of this man's heart and soul. And as he looks upon him and he loves him, he says, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me as Jesus says that to him we know that he looks sad and the rich young ruler walks away the one thing that the rich young ruler was lacking was he was keeping all the other commandments and it was all about his performance but he had forgotten the first commandment that you shall have no other gods and that's what his life was about It was about his material possessions. And he didn't want to submit and surrender and give that up and to follow Jesus. And so he walks away sad. As he walks away sad, the disciples then respond to Jesus. And look what they say in verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. So many times when we look at this encounter, we look at the man's wealth and we focus about wealth. But that's not what it was about at all. It was about the kingdom of God. That young rich ruler was pursuing the things of the world. And Jesus is trying to teach him the same thing that he was teaching his disciples when they were holding back the kids. That it's all about the kingdom of God, the right here and the right now eternity is a part of the kingdom of God but it's not well we'll wait till the end of our life to find Jesus before eternal life Jesus says no then you're gonna miss out the kingdom is about the right here and the right now it's about having the blessings of this relationship because it's a better way to live now and for all of eternity as he says this to his disciples We see that they start then asking about eternal life. Look what they say in verse 26. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and he said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What he was teaching about the kingdom of God to the rich young ruler and to the disciples, is that when it comes to this kingdom of God, it is a gift, and you don't do anything to earn it, and you don't deserve it. But because of my heart and my love and my compassion, I give this to you so freely. Salvation comes from Jesus alone because of his work for us on the cross. And that we, like little children, just receive this gift, no matter how old we get, no matter how hard we strive to grow up into adulthood, we can't forget that lesson each and every day as we walk with Jesus, that we are children in the kingdom of God all way. And after the disciples asked this, and who then can be saved? Because they're also focused on salvation, and Jesus is focused on the kingdom of God. It is then that Peter asks a question. Peter speaks up, and he says, Jesus, but we have left everything to follow you. Jesus knows their sacrifice. He knows that they have given up everything to follow him. But he's trying to teach them because they're not understanding of what living in the kingdom of God looks like. They still don't understand it. And as they don't understand it, look Jesus' response in verse 30. He says, They will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. What Jesus is saying to his disciples is that when you enter to the kingdom of God now, you receive those blessings a hundred times right now in this present age. He's talking about the blessing of being in the kingdom of God right here and right now. And yes, the gift of eternal life comes, but he's trying to teach them. That when you're living in the kingdom of the world and the ways of the world, you're going to miss out on the blessings of God and what life is truly all about. Quit trying to pursue those things and instead just pursue me. And what it means for the life change that needs to happen in you, in the right here and the right now, so that you see truly what life is all about and that you are receiving those blessings because it's a much better way to live. We would think that they're finally starting to catch on, but they're not. Because what happens next is that two disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, we want to ask you something, and we want you to give us what we ask for. Jesus says, what is it that you are asking? They say, well, when you come into your glory, we want to be able to sit on the right and on the left. They still don't get it. They're thinking about glory. They're still thinking about their position and their title and what's in it for them. When Jesus had been trying to teach them All through these years of public ministry, of three years, as he's headed to the cross, he's trying to teach them of what life is truly about, loving God and loving others, that it's all about him and others, not about themselves. But they can't help it. When this request comes, Jesus just got done predicting of what's going to happen. He said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. There I'm going to be flogged. I'm going to be spit on. I'm going to be crucified. And I'm going to die on a cross. This is the second time he predicts it in Mark as we've been going through this gospel of Mark. And this time Jesus goes in more detail of telling all those things that are going to happen as he goes to the cross for the sins of the world. And what's their response? It is still, can I sit to your left or sit to your right when you come into the glory? These disciples are having a hard time seeing beyond their own nose, to see what it means to be in the kingdom of God and to have a kingdom perspective. I don't know about you, but I can understand that because in my life, I constantly live in that tension of wanting to love Jesus and to pursue the things of God and to live for other people. But my sinful human nature is right there, always trying to fight to make it all about me. It's a constant tension And what Jesus is teaching us in the kingdom of God is to submit and surrender to where when we put him first and others, it takes the focus off of ourselves and we receive those blessings of what it means to be children in the kingdom of God. Jesus lays it out for them. He says, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. He says when you look around and you see the Gentiles and the rulers and they are using their authority, their position, and their title, lording it over the people, that is the opposite of what I'm calling you to be and to do in the kingdom of God. I'm calling you to be servants, to serve the Lord and to serve other people, that it's not about position and it's not about title. He's saying you see people living and they are wanting to be the greatest And just in the chapter before, that's what the disciples were arguing about. Who is the greatest? He says, no, the kingdom of God and being a child in the kingdom of God. It's actually wanting to be the least of putting God and others first before yourselves. And that will give you a peace and a blessing to know that that's truly where kingdom, blessing, and happiness comes from. And living this lifestyle In the kingdom of God. He says, you see everyone else out there in the world? They want to be first and they're fighting for first place. He says, not so with you. I want you to go to the end of the line. I want you to be last. Because when you live life in such a way, your heart is aligned with my heart. And this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Jesus is taking their worldview and he's flipping it totally upside down. And that's why the disciples and the crowds and the people are having a difficult time understanding Jesus. Because it goes against their nature. It goes against everything that they see. It goes against everything that they see people pursuing with abandon. And he's telling them to do the opposite. That this is the true heart of the Lord. And let love what Jesus does. He lives this by example, and he gets them to this point in Mark 10, verse 45, where he says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. What we looked at all through the Gospel of Mark, it's all about Jesus being the King, and what does his kingdom look like? And when we look at Jesus and his kingdom, we realize that it's unlike anything that we have ever seen or experienced in our own world. That this is a king who's not about power, he's about humility. That he's not about sitting on the throne and everybody serving him. No, he steps down from the heavenly throne, comes upon this sinful world, and goes to a cross to suffer and die. To pay a price for you and for me. A price that we can never pay. He gives his life as a ransom for many. He pays the price. And so for us, as followers of Jesus, when people see us living in the kingdom of God, when they see us pursuing Jesus and other people and not ourselves, people take note they take note because it's different than what they are used to seeing in their everyday life and their encounters with everyday people and so jesus flips it upside down as we look at the difference in the kingdom of god the world versus what jesus says to his disciples not so with you this is what we see we see a world where we as the individual is looking for self-worth this was the rich young ruler His worth was in his materials and his possessions and the things that he acquired. And so that's where he was finding his self-worth in his life. Jesus says, not so in the kingdom of God. Your value and your worth doesn't come from the possessions and the things of the world. Your value comes in that the king, Jesus, the creator of all, the kings of kings and lord of lords, is the one who gives you worth because he paid the ransom for You, If you struggle with your worth and with your value, if it comes down to your performance and the things of the world, it will always leave you empty. It is so freeing to realize this gift of Jesus to where he says your value comes through that relationship that I have with you because I'm the king of all and I loved you and I created you and I died for you and I paid that price. That's where you find your worth and your value. Self-reliance. We saw that with the rich young ruler. He couldn't give up everything of all the things he acquired because that's what he relied on. This is what we're seeing as we're going through this epidemic. People trying to rely on themselves. That's why we go to the aisle and we see no more toilet paper and no more things and people getting as many things as they can. In this self-reliance, Jesus said, not so with the kingdom of God knows this, that the king always provides. And that's what he was trying to teach the young rich ruler. If you give up all these things, it may look like in the world that you're losing and that you're giving up things, but really, you are acquiring everything. That the life that you're going to have in following me is going to be a life of blessings and the true meaning of life. It's what's really going to satisfy your heart and your desire. Know that I'm the one who's going to take care of you and that I am going to provide for you. Those other things that you're relying on, they can be gone tomorrow. But I'm here with you now and for all of eternity. In the world, it was all about self-promotion. That's where the two disciples are asking, Jesus, can I be on your right and can I be on your left? It's about title. It's about promotion. It's about working your way to the top. But yet... We step on people when we do that. We make it about ourselves, and it's the opposite of the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, it's not about promotion. What did Jesus say? It's about not being first. It's about being last. And when we're last and when we're being Jesus to other people, we see the king's delight, his love, and his favor. And the other people that we allow to go before us, see that love and that favor and that delight, and they're not used to it. They're not used to, in a world of self-promotion, of everybody trying to be first, when other people allow them to go first, they take note. It causes them to pause and to stop and to say, thank you for that gesture, and sometimes it's even hard to see that. The king's delight. That's where we find our love and our favor. When it comes to Jesus, that's the good news of the gospel. That God loves you and loves me that much. When we look at the king's delight, I love Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. It says this, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but rejoice over you, singing. That's the king's delight that your heavenly Father sings praises over you. And in the midst of an epidemic and a storm, this is a great verse to go back to, that the Lord, our God, has not left us. He's with us. He's the mighty warrior who saves us through the power of the cross. He's the one who fights for us. And that he takes great delight in us. And to know this each and every day, whether it's up or down emotionally as life is changing for us, Know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that each and every day as we go through this, the Lord is singing praises over you. Not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. That you are a child in the kingdom of God. So many times when we talk about being a child in the kingdom of God and that we need to be a child, Jesus says to enter it. We focus on all the different attributes of a child. And I think we miss the main attribute. The main attribute when it comes to a little child is that they are dependent on their parents. And that's what Jesus is saying. You are totally dependent on me when it comes to salvation. That you're putting burdens and pressure on yourself if it's about you and it's about your performance. It's a gift. And so a child in the kingdom of God is totally dependent on God, also realizes their own neediness, that they are a sinful person who falls short, and that Jesus does for us what we can't do for ourselves. He lived a perfect life for us. He paid the price. He paid the ransom. The other things about a child and what they learn is how to receive, to receive those gifts from their parents because they are dependent and they are needy. The same thing is for us. The more that we try to grow up, the more that we try to do things ourselves, the more self-reliant we become. We forget our dependence on God, our need for God. And sometimes it also gets difficult for us to learn how to receive those things from God. And just maybe that Jesus is teaching us this right now in our nation, in the countries around the world, to be totally dependent on him. That we need him now more than ever And to receive the blessings and to count the blessings that we have each and every day. We're finding that in our house. Just this past week, you know, with a 21-year-old, a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, and now all five of us are together all week, there's ups and there's downs, and it's definitely a change, a change that our lifestyle is changing. But in the midst of it, we spent more time together as a family in the last week than we probably have throughout the years. Moments where we're sitting at the kitchen table and we're playing Uno. Moments where we're sitting at the kitchen table and we're watching Bible study from Pastor Jordan just this past week, the first time our family has gathered around and be able to do that together. We're also doing jobs around the house because our kids are bored. You know, I remember being younger and what it was like to be bored, and I always saw that as a negative thing. But I think that there's some blessing sometimes in that boredom, to be creative, to find things to do, and that we had to learn that. Now our kids are, for the first time in a technology world, learning that lesson. And so our 21-year-old, he was cleaning out the hall closet that had acquired so much junk in it. And as he was cleaning it out, he came upon these photo albums of our wedding. You know, my wife and I, we were married in August of 2003, I don't think we've looked at these albums for the last 16 years and it was the first time that our kids actually looked at these pictures and these albums and you forget you know that they weren't a part of that that they missed out on that and so it was a chance for us to look at pictures we looked at pictures of some of our family and our loved ones grandmas and grandpas who are not with us anymore An incredible moment for us to tell stories about them and for us as a family to draw closer to each other and to thank God for those blessings. As we came upon those pictures and as I was preparing for this message and I think about a father's delight and what do we bring to the table in the kingdom of God. These are the pictures I came across. You know, being there with my dad on one of the happiest days of my life and also with my grandpa who is now with the Lord. And I think about that day. What did I bring to the table? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. You know, I wasn't the one paying for the wedding, and yet they were celebrating us. And they were paying all these things to make this incredible day. Why? Because I had earned it? No, because of that relationship. And because parents and grandparents delighted in my wife and I, and loved to celebrate that and to celebrate that marriage and that relationship. And what were they practicing? That it wasn't about them. It wasn't about the money. It was about them giving us the best experience that we would celebrate, making those vows to each other and before the Lord. What an incredible, incredible gift that you look back and you focus on years later. And to see this gift of even these albums and these pictures that just got put into a closet. But to be able to pull them out and to see that value in the experiences, and in that love, and in that relationship. That's what it's like for us as children in the kingdom of God. Our Father has great delight for us, and he loves us, and he's there with us through it all. We bow our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are thankful that you look at us and you love us, with a deep heart and a deep compassion. That it is all about you and about your heart that you continually shower us with your blessings and with your favor. Not because we deserve it, not because of our performance, but it's all because of the relationship that you desire. It is the motive and the reason why you sent your one and only Son from heaven to come upon this earth and to go to a cross For us, so that we can live in the kingdom of God right here and right now. So many times, Lord, we jump ahead and we think about the future when you tell us, you got that covered. Just live now in the present. And as we live in the present, for us to just receive your delight and your love. Lord, we're thankful that you provide. We're thankful that you are there for us in the midst of everything that comes our way. We pray for our nation, we pray for the nations of the world. We pray, Lord, that you would intervene, that you would stop the virus from spreading so rapidly. Lord, we pray for all those who are sick, who are going through difficult times, whether it be the virus, whether it be different colds or flus, battling cancer or diseases, whether it's physical health or mental health, whether it's anxiety and fear of losing jobs, or what does this mean economically for them? Lord, help us to just stop and to pause and to put our faith and trust in you, that you know exactly what is going on and that you are the one who knows the future, and that we can just live with you in the present, focused on you and being children in the kingdom of God, receiving your blessings and also knowing that we are totally dependent and in need of you as you lead us, guide us, and direct us, today and in the weeks ahead, may we continually follow you with the power of your Holy Spirit that lives in us, with a great passion for us, growing in that relationship with you. And all God's people said, amen. We now invite you in this opportunity in our worship service to worship the Lord with your gifts, your offerings, your tithes, and your sacrifices. You can do that by texting to give, by going to the Mount Olive website, or also by dropping your offerings off at the church or mailing them here. Also, our children's ministry team is working hard to be able to provide ministry opportunities for you and for your kids at home. So please be checking our Mount Olive Facebook page for those resources and also for those students in confirmation, the same thing, we're being able to provide that curriculum through the Mount Olive Facebook page also through Remind, and there on our website. Also, too, as we journey ahead, when it comes to Fusion students, Pastor Jordan will be in contact with you. And as a church, we will continually try to communicate with you and to stay connected with you through these weeks ahead. And so constantly, please be checking our Mount Olive Facebook page. We worship the Lord with our gifts.
1: Change the world is waiting for. We've got a love, the world is desperate for. We will lead and take to your streets. And now's the time for us to rise. Carry hope and let love shine And show this world that mercy is alive And now's the time for us to rise And carry hope to hopeless eyes And show this world that mercy is alive to eyes carry hope out your face
0: and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. Now may the Lord bless you and your families as we draw closer to each other and closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that he gives us his peace that surpasses all understanding. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. It's all my days. I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God
3: it's all my life you have been faithful
1: it's all my you have been so, so good. With every breath that I have made, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You led me through the fire and in darkest night you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God It's all my life you have been faithful Oh my You have been so, so gone With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life leads out of surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. is running after it's running after me and all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I have made I'm going to sing of the goodness
0: Of. of God. We thank you for worshiping with us on this beautiful Sunday morning. Church throughout history, when there's been an epidemic in our nation or in the world, it's a call to the church to go out and to be Christ to others. So we make personal sacrifices, we lean and we trust on Him and we look for those opportunities to serve others around us, especially those who are hurting and who are in need. Tomorrow on Monday, it's Music Monday. Pastor Jordan's going to share a short devotion and to share a song with us for the week. On Tuesday, will be TLC Tuesday. You'll find out what that is about. Wednesday night, Pastor Jordan will be leading his Bible class there online, Mount Olive Facebook page, as we're going through the book of Proverbs. Thursday, Lenten message. And then Friday will be a devotion and fun Friday. Saturday will be a Sabbath away from media and technology. And then Sunday, we'll be worshiping with you again. God's blessings this week as you go out to be the church. Have a blessed week.